What's going on, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the KJ52 Podcast. This is the part two version of the one I did with Todd Collins, breaking song by song down. Uh, if you had a chance to check out part one, it's right there in my podcast. If you get a chance and you are interested in getting the song, which I'm going to leave as a bonus, it's an unreleased track from the collaborations era. Uh, I'll put it right there at the very end. If you want to get that, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash KJ52 and become a patron. Also, rocking the uh, Jonah movie Kickstarter. Make sure you check that out. A lot of the era of this stuff and where it came from is uh, is in there. So, no further ado, thank you so much. This is part two of the KJ52 collaboration song-by-song breakdown featuring Todd Collins. All right, so nursery rhymes, which, by the way, I'm going to preface this by saying this is one of my favorite ones on the whole record, by the way. And this is one that uh, my kids I, I agree to on. Yeah. This, and, yep. and I had nothing, well, I had very little to do with this one, but I love, this was one of my favorite songs. Here we go. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to my neighborhood. Would you like to hear a story? You would. Well, come real close. I'm going to tell you nursery. Hey, yo, let's check it. Hey, yo, there was an old lady. She lit in the shoes. She got a whole lot of kids. You can't miss them when you's coming through. Because she be shacked up with little boy blue. But half them kids ain't seen their pops since like 1982. And down the street next to Swap Me. Yo, that's the spot where them three little pigs. Yo, they be catching beat. They took Tweedledee and knocked out his front teeth. And left Tweedledum just straight bleeding on the back seat. I live on the corner, man. Next to Jack and Jill. You know them two brothers and sisters who be acting ill. I tell them to step back. And chill with the smacky grill. Now let me tell you straight up, now you can catch the deal. You know, Humpty Dumpty, yeah, man, straight played him. Knocked him off the wall, scrambled him up now and ate him. Nah. See, I ain't playing well. I live so, okay, so playing. from my perspective on this one, um, like I said, this is one of my favorite ones on the record. And the reason why is because, number one, it appealed to my, my percussion side which I love so dearly. Yeah. It also, um, it appealed to my underground side, which I love so dearly and still do. And it also appealed to my commercial side. And um, because I think it's got a really catchy, cool sounding hook. It's got a great sounding sample ish type thing in it. It's kind of crusty. Um, it's a great tempo. It's, you know, it's got hot drums. I think the only thing I really did on this song was, was beefed up the drums. And then I did some stuff on the hook, like put some more musical stuff on the hook, but like, didn't you come with ba- the basic track for this? If I remember correctly. Yeah. So <clears throat> this was a track I bought from Plato who also guest features on it. And this is, this is a funny thing that I'm curious to hear your opinion on. So every time I would buy a track from somebody, I don't remember if I ever told them like, Hey, Todd's going to work on this too. Or maybe I did. I, or maybe I was just like, whatever, you got to deal with it. But I can't tell you how (laughs) many people would, how many of these producers were so scared of what was going to happen to their songs. Cause this was just a, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a common thing now, but back then, you know, rappers were so guarded. Producers were so guarded with their beats. They didn't want nobody touching them. And I think for a lot of guys, for me to go, Todd Collins of Goatee Records and DC Talk is going to mess with this song. I had a lot of guys be like, ah, uh, they'd be so just stressed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I remember when I did this one, I think you actually added a, a live bass to it, to be honest with you. I think I, I did I think too, yeah. Compared yeah. to what the original was, I think there's a live bass. And I remember when mm-hmm. I got it back, this, this was like the process for me I always loved, is to give you a song do my stuff and then kind of walk away and then all of a sudden hear what you would add to it and then literally fall back in love even more with the Mm -hmm. song. And so pretty much every song on this record, I think I always had that experience. And so it kind of made me go, oh, I now see the difference between a beat maker and a producer of a song. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing about this track is that, one, you're right, I love love the creativity of the lyric content. I love the undergroundness of it. Um, But... All the songs that I really loved from that perspective, they never were like the big songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which made me Agreed. start to realize little by little, mm-hmm. like people really don't care about lyrics. You know what I mean? They don't really yeah. get into super creative wordplay as much as they get into the overall vibe of a song. And then I started realizing, I was like, man, I'm kind of in an uphill battle. I'm trying to do things that are 
really creative and out the box and, and, and work on many levels and no one's getting it. And this dumb song over here that took me 10 seconds to do is what these youth group kids are into. And yeah. thus became my never ending love hate relationship with doing music in the Christian market. But, um, <laughs> the funny thing too about this song was I'll just say this is that uh you know I wasn't really super tight with Plato and I'd never really been super tight with Plato but I had toured with him and I think there was a mutual respect we kind of had similar beginnings but I when I turned this song in from a publishing standpoint I think I had like cut him out of the publishing or like hadn't given him his proper percentage because I really didn't know how to set publishing mm -hmm. splits up and things like that and he had to yeah. come to me like a year or two later, like, dude, I'm not, I haven't got paid. Like, are you trying to jack me for my money? And I'm like, what oh, are you wow. talking about? He goes, well, you didn't give me my percentage here. And I'm like, you're supposed to do that. And you know, I didn't know again, this. <laughs> even ignorant, yeah, ing ignorant screw ups are still screw ups. But nonetheless, I had to go back and cut him back in and pay him out of, um, out of that. And, uh, you know, it taught me a lesson oh, that, wow. like, you can't just leave yeah. things. Like, you really got to be thorough about your business. You can't just leave things. Like, claiming ignorance is not an excuse. That's so, exactly right. I got that fixed. It, it was yeah. never, like, a big problem or anything. But it was just enough that I was, like, I felt bad. I felt bad for years about it. You know, because there's that I classic I did not know. I never, I, I never knew always. that story. That's, that's, that's funny. I never knew that. Yeah. That's a, but that's a good song, like you said. And... Obviously, there's a there's a meat in the middle on this, but but my opinion is, especially where youth groups are concerned, um, there's you could almost talk about anything in the verses, as long as you've got something that they can hang their hat on from a hook perspective, you got it. You know what I mean? In other words, it, it, yeah, you could, yeah. But I started yeah, to also it, realize it, that it's like sad to say. That's sad to say, and I know that like that's that's a little bit of a stretch. I know I'm being a little bit bit uh, over the top with that, but it's that's almost the case, you know. With as as long no, as you have good uplifting lyrics, you could almost talk talk about completely different subjects, and as long as the the hook ties everything together, you're good, you know. But, yeah, but that's um, the thing. But I've like, always none loved of that, that song. Uh, none of that. None of that, Todd, was where my head was at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. You know? And that was a really hard thing cool for me to, to, to realize. Yeah, it, it's cool to see the progression over the years, though, to where not that you did that, but you started to understand that more as as each record progressed, you know? I mean, you, you became, yeah. instead, of a, uh, it's, instead of a lyricist and an MC, which you are still – you became more of a songwriter, which I really appreciated, right. which was evident through a, a lot of other stuff. I mean, you've written songs for other artists and other projects and all that stuff, which to me, that's where the growth came in, I, which, which I respected and, and loved seeing, you know? So, but the thing about Plato is he's one of the few MCs in the Christian market that I always wanted to work with and still have never gotten to. I don't know if yeah. you even knew that. No, I remember. I remember you trying to do some stuff. But All he's, right, uh, he was. One? He's always Keep been nice. Moving. All right, so so next one is Sunshine, which is one of two of my girl Nerva from Toby uh, sang on. Yeah, which I love her. She's right. amazing. But uh, but this is a this is another really good song. Sunshine, let my mind unwind and rewind to the time when my eyes is blind. See the pride I hid behind it just killed my mind, but let me thinking I was fine, but really I couldn't see the signs. When all the time your sun is shining on me, it's right above me, it's bright and lovely, but I just won't see. I'm running from the sun's being scared of what I don't see, just why the sun okay, plays so on because it knows. I have, <laughs> I've got something on this one. Um, number one, I I love Nerva's voice for some reason. I've always loved Nerva's voice. Um, and she, to me, she sounds great on this. 
This is one of those things where this is one of those songs or maybe the first song that, in my opinion, you wrote with a specific um, with the specific idea of coming up with a pop type hook, if that makes sense. And as good as I like this song, if I were to be able to redo this song, I would keep everything the way it is, except for one thing. I would re-record your lead vocals and have you back down the, the vernacular a little bit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> you know, okay, so it's funny you say that. Can I tell you why? Because as you were playing it, I just remembered something. Uh-huh. So I remember this song being so poppy and commercial because I remember you were I trying wrote to make that it. chorus. You know, yeah. I was like, my, again, the MC part of me was, ah, oh, frick, they're going to think I'm already such a sellout. So Ooh. I'm going to make my verses super <laughs> yeah. rapidy, rapidy, you know. Like intricate rhyme Street style, and legit. complex yeah. rhyme scheme, and so it's like I'm trying to compensate out of embarrassment for the chorus. <laughs> and you're you're exactly right because I probably wouldn't do that now because I realize like if you're gonna go pop, you might as well go all the way. You can't like absolutely try to be lyrical, miracle, spiritual, and like yeah. happy day, yeah. sung song song. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to own it, own it 100%. Uh, yeah. And you know what's funny? Right. I don't know why I didn't down. catch that. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't catch yeah. that, but it was, um, I, you know, but, but listening back to it, and this is one of the first times I've listened back to it in years, that, that's the thing that stuck out the most to me. I was like, you know what? This is a, this is a really good song, and it's a, good arra- it's, a, it's a well-arranged song, in my opinion. But I would... Yeah. I would have you back down the the whole vibe of the vocal, you know. So, but that's a that's a good. <laughs> See song. that that's, I'm sure that's probably that was probably a, a hill I had to probably was ready to fight on. So I was like, if you probably would have told me to dumb down the verses, I would have been like ready to scrap because it was probably hard enough for me to do it. Because I remember Blake Knight did this beat, and it wasn't I wasn't trying to be like I had a very specific thing in mind. I'm like I'm going to do something that's slow and summery and very encouraging. Mm-hmm. This song had a very specific purpose to it, but the MC part of me was still like, "Yeah, but I I still got the rhyme, Joe." Yeah, <laughs> yep. But the funny but anyway, thing is, is to cool. hear you Move now. Up. The the funny thing is, is to hear you now is you do that now. I mean, you you make that, you've made that transition, and you actually can, for lack of a better term, chameleonize yourself with that kind of stuff. And and I say that for example, right. The other night, you I, I was watching your your live feed on Instagram whenever you were waiting for pizza and you were doing the you know you were doing the freestyle stuff with your son. You would go into that. You, you know there would be a down section right. and you would completely do that. You would change your voice and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was great. I mean that's that's shoot yeah. that's that's um, maturity. You know that's artistic maturity right. in my opinion. Yeah, and so, again, anyway, I. I always think it's funny how you have your entire life. I heard this state was like, you have your entire life to write your first album, and then you got about a year to write your second. That's exactly right. You know That's what I mean? exactly right. So yep. it's like you you really are in a – granted, I had nothing – you know, all the – there wasn't anything on my shoulders for this album because no one – everyone had already counted me out. Mm-hmm. So that definitely took the pressure off. That probably helped, but anyway – but you didn't next have track. it. But What's you know what? The, next the, the funny thing is, you didn't have the, the you didn't have the sophomore song, which was good. So, uh, next one is right. "Wait for You," also featuring Nerva, and I. This is a this is a nice one too. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be over later. All right. I love you. Bye. Check it, yo, what's up, girl? What's, up? what's the deal? Hey, yo, I can't front and act like I don't know just how you nah. feel. Cause I've been there and I've done yeah. that. It seems like yeah. no matter what you do, you're feeling trapped. Now it's a fact that it's a serious choice that you're choosing to sleep with him. Cause you're just afraid that you're gonna lose him. You can't see the consequences of what you're doing. He's gonna leave you ruined. It's your body he just using. And I don't wanna hear what he done for you. How he kisses and hugs on you. How he's like, I got 
A man gotta do what a man gotta do, but what a man ought to do is respect you. God's got a better plan for you, a better man for you, but it's up to you just to pick from the choices that I'm handing you. Don't let him play with you, cause it ain't too late for you. Cause if he really loves you, girl, he'll just wait for you. Definitely a. Um, this is definitely a message song, obviously to, to yeah. your demographic. And um, the thing that yeah. I remember from the production side of this one is, wasn't this one a Blake Knight beat that you got? Actually, no. This one, this was Omega, Omega Watt. And if I right. remember correctly, yes. this is like the only song you never touched. I don't think you did anything to I did. this track and. Like at the time, at the time, like my favorite producers were, you know, DJ Premier, Neptunes, you know, all those guys. And so I was always trying to find dudes that had production styles similar. And I knew Omega Watts um, just from being from Florida. And he just had always had great drums and great drum sounds. And it's like, so the, the, here's the funny thing about this song is like, yeah, they, I was definitely very specific was like, I knew True Love Waits was big at that time. Yep. So I said, yep. I'm going to do a rap version of True Love Waits. So is that was that just a marketing move to an extent? Maybe to some aspect of it it was. I mean, it's not, I'm not telling sure. anything in the song that, you know, it's untrue. But my other thing was, was that like, I was like, but I'm going to do it my way. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to like mm-hmm. make it, I'm going to make it freaking cool. Like that's the way I'm going to go at it. Yeah. And the funny thing was, again, <laughs> nobody paid attention to this song. Yeah. <laughs> it wow. Didn't, like anything that I had in mind, I mean, maybe to some extent, but you're, it, it brought me back to the idea again that like you put thought or creativity or, or concepts into most things and usually it falls on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. You know, because yep. I started realizing anything in that sort of boom bap 90 BPM range just did not connect with my new my new coming fan base. Yeah, that's true. So it's like I always kind of like judge my songs. I judge my songs by which ones can I do live. Those are generally the ones that are the most popular. <clears throat> and this is a song I never did live. Sunshine never did live. You know, nursery rhymes never did it live ever. You know, yeah. and I was like, man, the songs that go over live are like always the ones that I'm like, I just phoned in the lyrics, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and you know what's funny is a lot of a lot of artists are like that. Those are the ones that the hits are written in less than you know ten fifteen minutes, and they're like, well, I've got a yeah. lot more to say or whatever, you know. Um, including DC Talk, including you know a lot of those things. The the, the biggest hits usually come the quickest, you know. But um, that well, not even just that. I'm just like, man, I'm. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, it was just frustrating. It's just like, you know, like I pour my guts and my heart and my mind and my creativity into a song and nobody pays attention. You know, and it just, I guess it, it just started to make me, you know, it started to make me realize is that it's like the lowest common denominator always is what is the most popular. So like I, I was in a really bad, I was in a frustrated state because on one hand, I'm going for the, for the jugular. I'm going for popularity. I'm going for hits, and then I'm realizing that it's not going to happen the way I think it's going to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep. this was a really rude awakening, but it also made me go, well, you know, it's like, what's that thing? They want cake? Give them cake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the majority of the listeners are not what we are. We are the less than 1%. The, which are the content creators yeah. is what I consider. The majority of the people are music listeners for emotion. And the first right. emotion they get, they, that's what they attach to that song. So if they are, right. if they're in a good mood and they, and they're, they're at a party or something and they, they hear the Mountain Dew song, then yeah. they're, they're a fan of fan for life because that was, you know, that was, that struck an emotion and you know, same thing with Dear Slim to a degree, you know. But but somebody, but you're right. Some right. of the stuff that you that you pour a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that never gets heard, it's probably overthought, you know. 
But I know. But I, I think I do remember you sort of having for it too. Well, I think I remember you having a conversation with me that kind of probably put it into perspective. And what you basically said was, you know, people don't think the way you think. So you need to stop mm-hmm. thinking that they're going to think the way you think. You got to think the way they, they think, which honestly was yeah. very disappointing to me. But yeah. it is what it is, and you got to deal with it. So but anyway, next, next track. So the next one is, uh, oh, this is my man, Pigeon John. I love this one. Now, this one, this, this <laughs> so track, many, if I remember correctly, so many stories on took this a one. lot of work. Oh, for real. This one took yes. a lot. If I remember right, this one took a lot of work to kind of massage this track to get it right. So here, here it is. I love him. Yeah, I remember this and one. He's I remember a this really one very well. And it, you know, you know, it's funny about this song. So this one was the the, the original track was done by uh, Flynn, Adam Atkins from LA Symphony. And That's I don't right. know if you remember this. I don't know if you remember. Well, actually, you may not even ever known this. But when I signed my deal with Tooth and Nail, Brandon wanted to have Flynn produce the whole record. Did not know that. This is before I brought you in. Yeah, before I brought you into the mix, you know, he had no connection with you. And he would kept saying, oh, we can get Flynn to produce the whole album for X amount of money. Or I think he might have said, oh, we can get Blake to produce the whole album or Plato to produce the whole album. So Brandon was actually trying to pitch me on, even though I knew the LA Symphony guys way before Brandon did. And he kept trying to get me mm-hmm. to, to have them produce the whole record. And I'm like, no, I don't think you get it. Like, Todd needs to be the executive producer. Like he has to take these songs to the next level. And I kind of actually, if I remember correctly, kind of fought for you to fulfill the role that you did. And again, it's kind of, it's a good example because this is a track that Blake gave me. I mean, that Flynn gave me that you took and really polished and made it what it is. And and this definitely was one of the bigger songs on the record. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I remember about this specifically about this song so much <laughs> was you and I were in the studio when Flint, when Pigeon sent his vocals over and he sent 75 takes with no, yep. <laughs> with no, it was not edited or anything of anything. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. So I remember you just being so frustrated because you kept having to mm-hmm. go through every take to try to figure out which one was. And half of the takes was John just going, and then I'd hear him, you could hear him walking to the other side of the room and going, frick, and then like hitting the button and turning it off. Yep. So like, yep. I, I was <laughs> I do dying. That. I was peeing my pants because there was so much of John just being stupid on the microphone. And the more we would go through the tracks, the more I couldn't stop laughing, which probably yeah. was the one that thing was continuing to making you, your job worse and angrier. Yeah. <laughs> But the, and I think I remember at some point, I don't know if you were there or not, at some point I ended up calling John because uh, right, John and did. I became yep. pretty good friends. And I think we called him, and he finally either told me or walked me through it or sent me a version that was, like, supposed to be the verse. And so that so it was kind of an outline, and then we pieced it together from that. But, um, but yeah, man, there were so aspects is, of the track that were jacked example. up and the vocals and everything. 
that's a good example of producing because the producer gets in there and has to so you know for lack of a better term polish the turd you know what i mean mm-hmm. and he had given yep. you 75 turds to polish and i just yep. remember thinking this john is insane like i've never heard of anybody mm-hmm. do this before <laughs> and yep. I, even when i told i remember telling him about this like later on and he just laughed like it was like normal i was like are you yeah, just like, in like your he room did it on purpose. walking from one side yeah. of the room to the other he just oh, had a guy like this and I funny, love that and that's, guy. And but but the, I think no, I was just gonna say, but I think that's probably why the song also works so well because it's sure. such a fun, nerdy song. And I remember I actually got a birthday party out of this song. Someone no booked way. me what you t- to like play what? their kid's birthday party just to do this song, <laughs> just to go there. <laughs> Just to do that That's song, and they were awesome. like, "We really just want you to do that song." And I'm like, "I don't even know that song. I never do that song." They're like, "Well, if you want to play this birthday party, you're gonna to have to do the song." That's <laughs> funny. I never knew but that. Anyway. I never knew that. But but John yeah. is one of my favorite MCs. Period. I love him. He's creative. He's almost too creative, but I, he's funny. Right. He doesn't take himself seriously. He's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite guys with that kind of stuff. And and this was the one that but because we, of we, because of the lightheartedness we put the the mullet song at the end right 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 and so that's so I started working on all that was another thing that was like I was determined on this album to do was to like to showcase my personality and so yeah I always just loved dumb songs for the sake of dumb and so I had written mm-hmm. this kind of spoof song called The Mullet Song about mullet haircuts. And then I had a friend of mine play the guitar one time out mm-hmm. of tune, and he never even mm-hmm. got a chance to actually write anything. I just like said, go, start playing. I started singing it, and I recorded it onto a mini-disc player, and that's what I gave you. And it was so janky right. and so bad. It was like one thing that's so bad that it's good. I was like, Todd, where am I going to put this? Because this makes no sense in the flow of the record. And I think you might have said, well, why don't you make it a hidden track that mm-hmm. – you know, you're talking about being a nerd. Why not have it stumble out into that song? You know, yeah, I and do remember that. Yeah, I, I think and, that's why we made yeah, it. You're right. It we was made so it a bad hidden track. Good. Yeah, right. And and I do kind of remember going like, "Do you think this is going to be like, you know, too stupid?" And you're like, "No." And the funny thing is, this became like a again, this became like a pattern of like stuff that I put mm-hmm. no thought, no artistic talent, no nothing into. <laughs> was the stuff that people would come to the shows clamoring for me to do. And mm-hmm. and sure enough, for years I had to do the mullet song. Yeah. You know? I, re- I remember that. I totally remember that. And it's, yeah, it's like, as a matter of fact, I think, didn't we, whenever I would go out with you, didn't we do that live a few times? Uh, definitely around that era, I would say yes. I'm pretty but sure anyway. we did because I remember doing. Yeah, I remember doing yeah, some I crazy definitely. stuff with that thing. Anyway, moving right along. Next track, Fifth Element, which, by the way, is I love this song because it's just because of what it took to make it. Number one and number two, I love the fact that it's just yeah. it's it's a bunch of different styles. So here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I, the one that gets lace tight? The one you wear, hit a flare on the same night that you hit an up rock. I'm the one in the closet next to one sock. The one you rock on the cardboard box, walk into the one block. You know the one spot, peeps get the one shot. Got one thought on the task hand, you can ask your man, I'm part of master plan only. B boys and B girls, they understand. Whatever you say now, my wish is my command. Name it, I'll be the forward to your head spin. Follow your lead and go in place that your legs spin. At your sight, possess I'm your best friend. I got a twin, we's a pair, clock size 10. Heads of shell. Three stripes on side, laces large on your feet, I reside. Keep me clear, keep me laced, and I'll be all right. I'll be the first element up in here tonight. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Yeah. Who am I? See, I'm the one that you be gripping tight. The one that make you sound real good when you be flipping right. And I'm the one causing fights if it's the open mic. I make you sound real stupid if you don't hold me right. I got MCs feeding for me all day and night. I can care less if you on me if you're black or white. See, all that matters when you rock, we don't be coming wagging. Don't hold me to the speaker, I'ma feed back it. I'm used to rapping every now and then, used for passing. Back and forth in your crew in a freestyle fashion. I get rocked, ripped, ripped on, and blasted. I spoke on, choke on, hit on, spit on, mastered. About lasting, been used to tell truth and lies. Used to kill the youth and used to open up the eyes. 
This to me was a really cool idea. Now, was it a single? Absolutely not. It's definitely an album cut, but this was a cool idea just from the standpoint of the concept of the song, the uh, the fact that every time we switched elements, we switched yeah. songs, basically. I love that. It was almost yeah. like the, the, the uh, pl- uh, not plagiarism, um, what was the one that we did with Grits? Um, oh, uh, fragmentation. Fragmentation. It reminds me a little bit of that, but a little bit, but a, not a little bit more. A lot more focused. This was a better version, yeah. and executed better because it had more of a common thread going through it. And and what you say at the end is just. I mean, this is this was just a cool. This was an album cut, but it was a cool idea. You know, I always I always like. Yeah. It. Yeah, I remember uh, Tony P was the guy who produced it. He was a friend of mine out of Chicago, and and if I'm not mistaken, I think he did every. I remember coming. He was very like a hip hop guy, and I remember coming to him with the concept, and he's like, "Oh, okay, cool." And he did all four of the because basically what I'm doing is I'm doing the four elements of hip hop from the perspective of the element. So mm-hmm. you know, like as a I'm a spray can, I'm a microphone, I'm a uh, a b-boy shoe i think and then my other one was i don't remember what the the, the turntable or whatever the fifth element part mm-hmm. was obviously the idea of interjecting christ into that whole aspect of hip-hop i remember you produced that end part if i'm not mistaken i think mm-hmm. with the guitar part and the spoken yeah. word piece that's kind of where it was like out of my wheelhouse but i remember i did it in one take and and i was like darn near in tears at the end just from the emotion of the song and I was mm-hmm. like, and I remember kind of going like, Todd, do you think that was the take? And you said, I'll never forget this. You go, man, I got goosebumps. And yep. it's like, okay, then let's just keep it. Because it's rare that I would do the first take and keep it. But yeah. uh, it was one of those times where, you know, everything worked out exactly. Was I remember Tony, again, another <laughs> another beat maker being like really scared that you were going to like completely change around his production. And I, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, I don't think you did much to this at all, if anything, um, no, I, I, I think sort of uh, I think I may it. have done some. Uh, yeah, I think I may have arranged it a little bit more, or I think I may have put some ear candy at the, you know, on the, on the top end or that kind of stuff. But I didn't really mess with this at all. I mean, none of these, yeah, none of these beats or tracks are any of the stuff that I did, other than just piecing everything together and making it all one complete thought and so forth. But that's, yeah, that was a. Um, I remember you doing that vocal, and I remember saying that I got chill bumps. And to this day, both before and after, that's my gauge. If I get chill bumps when yeah. somebody is doing something or doing a vocal or playing something, I'm like, all right, we're done. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and I remember getting that on this one and thinking, holy crap, that was that was yeah. really profound right there at the end. So. Um, yeah. The next one ahead, is next the. One. Uh, the, the industry, the spoken word interlude. Do you want me to? You want me to play that one? Play a little bit of that. Um, you don't need to play it, but um, I think I, I, I'm looking back on this and going, I'm curious why I even put it on there because it's kind of, it, it kind of feels out of place, you know? Yeah. With the yeah, whole yeah. thing, but I, I don't know why I was like, I gotta, I gotta set the industry straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was. I, I think. To a degree, I think it was number one. Maybe I had a chip on my shoulder, you know? artistically. Yeah, I think I think you had something yeah. to say. I think you had, I think you were trying to express yourself artistically. I think you were trying to compensate for wanting to be commercial, but at the same time hanging on to your quote legitimacy. I think I think there was a lot of that in there, and I and I remember thinking, I, I didn't verbalize it, but I remember thinking you know what, this is not necessarily needed on this record, but you know what, this is his artistic pers- uh, perspective and expression, and it's not going to hurt to go on here. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it could, yeah. it, I, I could take it or leave it type of thing, you know? So Yeah. Our um, next. The, the one why, this is featuring Mars Ill and, and uh, Greg Owens, yeah. uh, Manchild. Yep. This is probably my second favorite song on the record, just from a listener's perspective. So here we go. 
when I grab the mic, you stare at me strange. And why is every time I eat, I get my shirt stained? Oh, what's up, Jermaine? What? Your name's Wayne. Dang, man. Why can't I just remember people's names? All that the same. There's a question in my mind. Why do I have to wait in line just to wait in another line? And when I think I'm done, I got to do it one more time. And why, oh, why am I always stuck behind? The lady writes a check and the express check out line. And excuse me, miss, it's 10 items, not 99. Why do most rappers, they just spit the same rhymes? Why do girls go to the bathroom at the same time? Why when something's wrong, I just say I'm fine? But why ask why when I ask it all the time? Why is the grass green? Why is the sky blue? Why, oh why do I do what I do? Can you please tell me why? So that one is uh, probably my second favorite. Manchild is a dope MC. Um, and listening to it again, yeah. oddly enough, on the hook, it's awfully loose. I wish I could fix that now. Um, <laughs> but obviously I can't. Uh, not not your stuff. His part. His his hook is really loose. I wish I could fix it now. Um, but that one's that one to me, man. That's a hot track as far as I'm concerned, just from a listener's perspective, because I like that type of boom bap type stuff. I love that that swing oriented DJ Premier New York style stuff. That was that to yeah. me was my sweet spot, man. I love that stuff. Yeah, so I can tell, I can just be honest now all these years later, I was definitely trying to put Manchild on there to like, to atone for my commercial sins. Yeah, because at the time, you know, he was considered like the rapper's rapper. And I always thought it was so funny because he was being courted by so many labels to sign him. And the guy was like, not going to compromise at all in any way, shape or fashion. Yep. And I used to get frustrated because I'm like, man, I'm over here like cutting my wrist to bleed commercial rap and I'm getting the runaround. And this guy's like, you know, forgive me for saying his middle finger to the industry. And mm-hmm. and they're like falling all over themselves to sign him. And I was like, this is this makes no sense. You're telling me you want to sell records, but then you're trying to sign the guy that doesn't want to sell records at all. Mm-hmm. And I had known Manchild for years, so it was never like, any jealousy or any of those problems. It was just, we definitely had a mutual respect, but I'll tell you what, man, I got so many people are like, yo man, man, you going to kill you on your own song. You sure you want to do that? And I'm like, that's not yeah, the point well. of this song. It's not who comes better. The point is this is the concept and he's going to execute it well. And dust is the guy to make that track. And yep. I don't think you did anything to this track either. The only thing I remember about this track that made me ups- not upset, but was I wrote it to one tempo, and then when Dust sent it in to record to it with me and you, he bumped it up by like three BPMs and never told me. <laughs> he changed the tempo slightly and was like, I'm like, dude, I wrote to a different tempo. Not that it was a huge change up, but it's like, you know, I take that into account when I write my bars and things like that. Sure. And I remember yeah. like having to do some adjustments on the fly. So... But yeah, I didn't. I, I did not remember song, that. But I did not do anything to this. I, all I did was I tweaked yeah. um, the EQ on some of the stuff. Like literally, as it was, yeah. as we recorded it and printed it, I tweaked the EQ to beef it up a little bit. But other than that, man, I did nothing on this track. Absolutely nothing, because I too was yeah. a personal fan of those guys to the point where we signed them to Goatee. And, um, yeah. you know, so I was a, I was a big fan. I had nothing to do with their record, uh, on goatee yeah. because I just thought that those two guys together, you put them in a room and leave them alone and they're, they're fine. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, I love this, this, this record. And the thing that I liked about this song was even as kind of quote legitimate, we keep using that word as legitimate sounding as the, the, the track and the beat was, you guys kind of were a little bit playful as far as the subject matter and stuff, which I, I thought was cool. And yeah. and what you guys say and the wordplay on this was really cool. But again, you know, when it, going back to our conversation earlier, nobody freaking noticed or cared, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Not a big song off the record, but anyway, <laughs> go yeah. ahead. Keep next, next so, track. Uh, 47 MCs. You want me to play the that? That's an interlude. You want me to play? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. 
All right, check it out. 47 MCs. Count them. Yo, check it. Hey, yo, let me bust around, tell a story like Slick Rick, and put a sermon like Eric in your ear like a Q-tip. Now it's common since the job rules. But I'ma tell you about Jesus, who's the leader of the new school. You thinking you's cool? You ain't Caesar's lost boys. Got no cash money, a juvenile like some hot boys. I drop noise when I let the sound blast tell Big Boy Andre about Jesus Christ, the outcast. Here's the deal, I feel it's now time to be real. Christ died on Calvary, not on Cypress Hill. It don't matter even if you're slim or if you're shady. Jehovah reigns supreme, but his name ain't Jay-Z. And it's most stuff that the mob was deep. The hunger son of man who died just to bring back the lost sheep. On all streets, all peeps, naughty by nature. Whether you biggie or small, you can know the living saving now. To right, me, you've always been great at that kind of stuff. Old school. At, at, yeah, at, so this is definitely kind of, me and my... It's definitely me and my, uh, I don't know, comfort zone, sweet spot. Um, yeah. But the thing I thought that was funny about this song was that I did the beatbox, and I am not a beatboxer. <laughs> and didn't and we chop I that I up? Didn't we chop it down. up or something? I feel like I just laid it down and then just went back. Like this was done so off the cuff, which kind of was what I was going for. But mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be a song, but it wasn't really supposed to be an interlude. I was just like, mm-hmm. it's got to feel like you're just spitting a verse for the sake of a verse. That's clever. Yeah. And the funny thing about this song is this thing was pretty dumb popular. Like, out of all the tracks that I didn't think would really connect, people, like youth group kids, were always trying to figure out all the 47 rappers that I say. Oh, and they would name them all, and I'd be like, no, you missed one. And they, I'd like, no, nope, try again. You missed one. Nope, you missed again. Like, I would always get people. And then this was actually kind of a popular song live, but it's not like I could really do it live. So I remember I used to remix it over like three different oh. mainstream instrumentals and it killed. Like I would do it over like, you know what? I remember that now. I, I yeah, I, I do yeah. remember that. Cause you, you would do it. You and Morph would do it over like popular tracks, right? Exactly. And I, and I, and this was like, to right. me was like the perfect spot for me. Cause this is when I finally was like, wow, I can be lyrical. I can be creative, but I can also be current, but it also has a broad appeal. And that's when I realized, I was like, hmm, maybe there's something about this writing style that people seem to connect with. And so this kind of, you know, became a thing where almost every album I would do some sort of song like this, where it's, you know, very much a play on mm-hmm. words. Yeah. But uh, I probably yeah, ran you're, that concept you're, into the ground. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, but, you're, yeah, but your, your wordplay is, is, has always been your sweet spot, as, as, as um, evidenced by whenever you do your freestyle stuff and all that craziness that I don't understand how you do that, but you're good at it. So um, <laughs> anyway, okay. So this next one is the ABCs and one, two, three. Now I'm going to preface this by saying yeah. two things. Number one, my kids, my young, very young girls at the time sang on this. And I yeah. also, my favorite, my personal favorite moment of the whole record is at the end of this song when I'm reciting the prayer with Corey, who at the time was four years old. Now, is it the, is it the coolest, is it my coolest moment on the record or whatever? No, absolutely not. But it's, it's my personal priceless moment, my favorite priceless moment on this record. You know what I'm saying? Because of, because I, I've got that, that period in a time capsule now, you know, which is, which is great. So anyway, yeah, here it goes. Alphabetically attacking with actual actions. Bumping bass while I'm busting, breaking back and blasting. I'm catching cats crashing, creating creations is clashing. Doing a double dose of damage and dashing. While effortlessly encouraging everyone just to endure facing people fools as I faithfully just flow forth. God's good and God's great. God's grace and gratefully God hoping him has helped heal this hurting heart. But idiots instituting the relevant type insolence. Joyfully jamming junk, jacking up this Jesus journalist. Killing just to keep these kings' kids is kicking. And learning life's lesson of just laughing, loving it. Let's run. A to the B to the B to the Z Then we gon' take it back to the elementary And bring it back to the essence of how we MC Cause we gon' break it down to you alphabetically And from the A to the B to the B to the Z Then we gon' take it back to the elementary And bring it back to the essence of how we MC Cause we gon' break it down to you alphabetically Come on, make the most 
Explosive moments, most men mentally missing. Navigate nine new nouns, nearly no one notices. Officially overturn obstacles that often operates to put people in poor position in the proper place. Quite quaint how the quotient is quickly twists. Reprimanding real rappers who in reality they really rip. Sorry, sap, sorry, sorry, syllables. You're selling silly suckers. Tell your tall tales trying to touch us. I understand underestimating the underground. Voting to verily vindicate your vicious type of vows. Well, wishing, wondering, will we waste these wanted weapons? Xerox and the X rated X contact X Men. Yearning and yelling at you, yes, man, for years. While zigzagging and zapping and zoom zealously for zeal. You catch that class? No. It's very easy. I'll just pay attention. Listen right now. From the A to the B to the B to the Z. Now we gon' take it back to the elementary and bring you back to the essence of how we MC. Cause we gon' break it down to you alphabetically. And from the A to the B to the B to the Z. Now we gon' take it back to the elementary and bring you back to the essence of how we MC. Cause we gon' break it down to you alphabetically. Come on. Now, class, we have a substitute teacher today. His name is Mr. Billy Puddles. He's going to be teaching you your ones and twos. Come on now. That's right. I want you to pay close attention to me. Mr. Billy Puddles, the class is yours. One of these boys wanted his one in his own thing. Today you better stop rocking those two tubes like Tootsie. Three days from now we're gonna check you out with a three-way. Force you to fork it over in the Intrepid on the freeway. Why five old try to beat me like a price on eBay? They had the six-shooter to my six-pack. Seven of my nine lives just then took the trip back. Like that young kid who ate all them eight balls. Only got nine innings in this crazy game of paintball. Ten out of twenty, y'all, it's going A ball. From the A to the B to the B to the C. Yo, we gon' take it back to the elementary and bring it back to the essence of how we MC. Cause we gon' break it down, sing it alphabetically. From the A to the B to the B to the C. So my thing with this is, <laughs> um. I remember being frustrated with this song a little bit when it came to, to Billy. Uh, he handed in some, some stuff that, cause, cause we didn't, he handed in his vocals, right? Yeah. Or I think I recorded him at a different studio for some reason. Yes. Um, I can't anyway, remember. Yeah. Cause he, he was my hype man at the time. Yeah. And I was, I was a little bit frustrated because it was, it wasn't that it wasn't clear. You just couldn't really understand. I couldn't really understand it clearly what he was saying. And yeah. with this being in 2002, he was what, 15, 13 years ahead of his time because that was the beginning of mumble rap right there. That was your mumble rap right there. <laughs> um, I had no idea that that, that kind of style would become completely famous as it is today. He would be, he would have been great in today's world. You know what I mean? So I remember being frustrated <laughs> by that because I was like, oh, my gosh, this, this, I, ca I can't really understand it as well as I wanted to, you know? Yeah, well, I think one thing that me and him, he, he would write so abstractly that it would, I, yeah. that was, you know, it was, he just, that's the way he wrote. He wrote these very abstract, you know, his lyrics worked on like four different levels and stuff like that. So I remember really having to work with him to like, I was like, this is a very conceptual song. I was like, it's pretty simple, dude. You just got to use the letters, man. Like, and you got to yep. do the numbers, you know? And uh, so I think that was kind of like, you know, one of those deals where you want to put your boy down and, and, um, and mm -hmm. it, again, you know, it was conceptual and whatever. And, and, and it never was a big song. But it's a cool, but it's a cool song. But anyway. You know, I like the track. I, yeah. The track I thought was cool and, I thought I, I thought it was executed well and stuff. I was just frustrated with Billy and his and his uh, and his verse because it was just too mumbly for me, you know. But anyway, yeah. Um, well, I just realized that this song, this song ends with a with an interlude where it's like I, I think we must have hidden we hidden like a couple like silly silly parts as hidden tracks. So this one ends mm -hmm. with me going into like the kid whose mom, you know, he's trying to be all thuggish and then his mom like like calls him out on it. And and the funny thing is I remember That's I recorded right. the whole thing in my closet than a uh with like a like a crappy USB mic or something like that and a mini disc and I thought there's no way Todd's going to like it. You know, this isn't up to par on the quality and you're like, "No, it's fine, keep it." I'm like, "You sure?" And and it's funny cuz yeah. those little these little silly interludes that I put in there hidden people would really like took to those personas mm -hmm. like they thought they were other people i'm like no i do all the voices 
Mm-hmm. They're like, there's no way there's a guy. In, is there really a guy named Bukalu? I'm like, no, I just made that up. Like, that's just a made up person. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I remember. And there was another anyway. one on this record that you, um, um, I, re, I can't remember the name, but I remember thinking that it was a, it was a clever and a funny name. And it's on, it's one of the interludes in, in this one. I'm, I'm sure we'll probably run across. I can't remember now who it is, but anyway, um, so where were you featuring Golden Child? That's your boy that you live, used yeah. to, or at least used to live down near. And this is the one that has my favorite, my my personal favorite moment on the record, just from a standpoint of me and my my youngest child, who's an adult now. So right. Um, anyway, right. All right. Here we go. What? No, 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 no! Don't don't you try to blame this on me. Don't you blame this on me. Don't you blame this on me. Listen to me right now. No, you'll be quiet. I said be quiet. Get up right now. Get off the floor. I said get off the floor right now. Feeling like it's like, like it was really intense, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. But that's what I liked about it. It it evoked a lot of emotion, especially because of the the lyrical content and so forth. But um, yeah, that one was. And if I remember correctly, from a production standpoint, I didn't necessarily do the track on this one, but this one took a lot of work right. too, because I think didn't Golden Child have the track, but. We had to really yeah. massage the piano and stuff because the EQ was really bad and or whatever sample he used. And we had to either replace it or fix it or something. I can't remember exactly. But I remember being frustrated a little bit from the production side on this one just because of the uh, because of, of how it was recorded when we had to kind of fix it as best we could. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, Golden Child, yeah, he did do the track, and and you know he he very much followed the uh, RZA school of audio engineering at the time, which was <laughs> like you know MPC filter the crap out of everything, use the baseline from the filter, and you know there's obviously from a musical standpoint probably sonics that are clashing and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but um, the main thing that when he played me that track was it captured the emotion of yeah. at the time I was living in an apartment with my wife. We'd only been married for a couple months, but we had a lady that lived next door. And when I say lady, she was actually like a, she's, I think, maybe 18. And uh, we had been trying to, like, kind of, you know, speak into her life and minister to her. She had a little boy, and um, she was basically just struggling to get by. She came from, like, a good home, but this guy would come over. They'd start screaming and yelling, and inevitably I'd have to call the cops on the boyfriend uh, all the time. And, you know, she, her life kind of went from mm. bad to worse. Like she became, she became like a, first she was like a bartender. Then she became, I mean, by the time she eventually disappeared, because that's what happened. Eventually she had to leave because the boyfriend was so, uh, dangerous. She was like a stripper. And mm. I never heard from her again after that point. And all I could think about was the perspective of the kid. So I wrote the song with that perspective. And it's funny to listen to my verse. It sounds very Eminem-ish. But Mm -hmm. at that time, like, I was not even listening to Eminem. You know what I mean? Like, I purposely was definitely not listening to Eminem. But it's funny how Eminem-esque, how I I go from, you know, high emotion to childlike, you know, verbiage to, you know, the rhyme schemes and stuff like that. But 
The funny thing was, flash, and just to end the whole thing, two things out of this was that one, people thought this was like my own story. Like my dad used to beat me or something. I'm like, no, <laughs> my dad was never abusive. <laughs> so I was, I, I, it was like a totally different, like after, not that a lot of people thought that, but it was enough that I'm like, no, nah, I don't know why you got that idea. But um, I ended up running into her God, almost like probably 17 years later at the gym. Wow. And, and she was a uh, she was a Christian. She got married. She still had the Bible we given her, and it was just phenomenal. Like it's just to see things like go full circle um, with her. Because I mean, it was one of those things where you're like, she's gonna wind up, you know, dead or in jail or dead or in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, because the guy would come over late. We didn't know he was there. We'd hear the screaming and yelling. We had to call the cops. He'd run away, and then the whole thing, she'd let him back in. You know, typical cycle. Yeah. So I was like, I wanted wow. a couple songs on the record to be, to have issues. You know what I mean? And I thought that's one thing Christian rap never did well was address social issues. So this was True. sort of the beginning of me realizing that you can, you can use this platform to talk about real life things. And in this case, domestic abuse. So I so did not, not know that story. That's song really cool. Record. Yeah. So it was all written from that kid's perspective. Wow. So, I, I just remember us doing so it. So it was very uh it was heavy. You know, the the, the it was uh um, yeah, well, intense was a, and heavy. Yeah, and it was it was the first time I ever really rapped with emotion, you know, using emotion as another tool in the tool belt. Because yep. you know, as an MC it's just like you rhyme, you do your lyrics, your punchlines, you don't variate your emotion. And this was the first time I had really lear- realized that you can use emotion as as a punchline almost. You know? Yeah. True. And it's not just what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. So Yeah. Anyway. But uh let's move on to the last song, which which really wasn't a song, and yet the funny thing is the song still haunts me to this day. The last thing being operator and this freaking Coke fried cheeseburger song. Yes indeed. Here we go. (laughs) You you know what, you don't even need to play it. I'm just gonna talk about this real quick. So you and I had done popcorn, beans and rice on seventh F. Go ahead. Yep, no, go ahead. I was just saying, we had, we had done Coke, popcorn, beans, and rice on the last record, 7th Ave, and it was the only thing that had like a little bit of silly to it. And I thought, I'm going to make that popcorn, beans, and rice as a hidden song, because it was really, I was honestly making fun of bass music, like how easy it was to make, make a bass song. Mm-hmm. And again, out of nowhere, these youth groups go, man, we just brought you in to do the popcorn, beans, and rice song. I'm like, are you joking? Like, I got lyrics. Like, you want me to do that? <laughs> so, so this is my way of going, okay, fine. You know, like I had been driving all the time and, you know, touring and just getting bad food service. So I was like, I'm just going to write a song about it. And again, mm-hmm. you know, I listened to the beat. It's like the beat is like literally just an 808. Like you didn't even layer the 808. It's like the most default 808 kick snare mm-hmm. sounds. Yep. And yet... I, if I go on YouTube right now, there's probably a version of it with like a million views. <laughs> I don't I'm like this doubt is the it, worst man. thing. And the, you know what sucks about this is I'll never forget this too, is because right around the time that record finally came out, I was doing a lot of battle stuff locally, and so I was getting like popular in secular circles as a Christian rapper, and the local radio station was like, "Yo, we want to put your music." you know, on the radio. And I'm like, they're like, but we can't play any of your songs because you talk about Jesus. They're like, we're going to put Coke fried cheeseburger oh, in rotation. I didn't even know that. So my local hip-hop station had Coke fried cheeseburger in rotation on the radio. And I was just like, out of all the freaking songs, this is the one you're going to pick. And sure enough, you know, like here I am. I, again, it, it just mm. made me realize that it wasn't just a Christian thing. It was just a people thing. Like, people just, yep. they just gravitate to, like, the McDonald's of music. You know what I mean? Literally. Yeah. In this case. Absolutely. And and the the funny thing is, is that I think if I remember correctly, you would remember better than I I do. If I remember right, it took us probably, what, less than 10 minutes to make this track? Easily. And probably took me five minutes to write it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's there's your hit right there. And yet years, years were people asking me to do this dumb song. For years. 
<laughs> in fact, I'll still, even to this day, if I'll post up something about like food or whatever, and I'm so health conscious, like I'm such a health conscious mm-hmm. eater and stuff like that. Like I haven't touched a Coca fry or a cheeseburger in probably the amount of time, you know, of this song. And yet people will still make a joke like, oh, Starbucks is out of blankety blank. They're like, you probably just wanted a Coke fry and a cheeseburger. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, uh, yep. <laughs> There's your hit right there, man. I'm t- but you know what? The funny thing is, is it's super catchy, you know, super catchy. Anyway, all right, here it is. Am I on camera or something? Okay, you want Listen, man, a Coke, a fry, and a cheeseburger. Say that with me now. Pine fall. What? I don't want to stand, sir. Listen to me. A Coke, a fry, and a cheeseburger. Is that so hard to order? Can I get a Coke, a fry, and a cheeseburger, please? Lace chips. Lace chips. Got you, sir. No Just problem. listen. Listen to what I got to say. How many things, sir? Uh, Have a good day, uh, uh, sir. Uh, uh, uh. I just want a Coke, a fry, and a cheeseburger, man. I don't ask for much. You know what? You know what? Rolled up to the place to be. I pulled right up to the Mickey C's. I got three cars in front of me. And, man, I'm feeling hungry. And now, tell you what I can to do. As I started pulling through, I said, can I get on number two? He says, sorry, man, I ain't hearing you. I said, Coke and a fry and a cheeseburger. Say, that's all that I want to order. Just a Coke and a fry and a cheeseburger. Say, that's all that I want. Come on now. Coke and a fry and a cheeseburger. Say, that's all that I want to order. Just a Coke and a fry and a cheeseburger. Say, that's all that I want. Come on. He said, so I began to scream back It's just a number two with a cheese stack Now can you make that please fast Well let me repeat that back to you Chicken burrito and a mouth I mean you know what listening back to that It is super catchy man Oh my goodness <laughs> Good gracious You know what and, and I, I, I do have to laugh I do have to laugh at that intro Because that, that part with me and Billy Puddles like I think that was based on like A skit we did when I was a youth pastor or something like there was something in there that like actually is from we did or something like that. So I, I do remember like him making me laugh. So from the entertainment value, that was definitely there, but I can't tell you how many shows I got off that dumb song, like mm-hmm. youth group shows, radio shows. Uh, I think one time I, a church I started going to, I walked down the hallway, I looked in the kids pastor was playing it and I'm like, yeah, oh. I did that. I'm sorry. And I just kept walking. Like it just, random stuff like that and i just again and and I, but the the stigma the stigma was though that i fought for years and years and years is that you know kj's not a real rapper he does these dumb middle school songs and i kind of always had to tell people like look it's not like i'm putting these songs out here on front street they're meant to be discovered like you found this little easter egg like that's why i'm hiding mm-hmm. them i'm not trying to say this is the epitome of my art i'm saying here is some dumb little thing i threw aside that hopefully you'll stumble on but again i realized like you know it doesn't matter like you can't yep. determine if, what people will like if they it's there they'll what, find you know it. it's going to be a thing so yeah right and True. but i yeah. the funny thing too people be like yo man where do i get this song i'm like what do you mean where you get it like i can't find it on the album i'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like you're not gonna find it it's called a hidden track They're like where is it hidden i'm like just let the last song play for like two minutes and it comes in like, I just That's want true. that yeah. song. I'm like, I don't want to tell you, man. Like, iTunes didn't <laughs> exist then, so you can't just get that song. So, true. I don't Gosh. know. Anyway. But, you know, what's funny is it still sounds good. It still, I mean, that that thing still holds up. It still sounds good, you know? It's funny. Jeez. Yeah. And that literally anyway. took us All right, man. 20 well, minutes thank from you top so much. to bottom, I guess. Yeah. That's, yeah, and that sounds like, I remember you sitting there. And the funny thing was, I think, you know, if anybody's, and if anybody's to blame for my, my artistic uh, uh, faux pas, it's you, because you never were like, nope, don't do it. You got to stay legit. You'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got an 808 kit for that. And, and yeah, let's I, do would it. Just, I would remember like sitting there going, I can't believe he just hooked up that beat in like 10 minutes. And then I was like, all right, fine, well, I'll just record it. And then just like that. And I, I do remember very consciously like writing that at like two in the morning in my boxer shorts putting no thought into it and going, okay, I'll just keep this to the side and it is what it is. But wow. all right, man. Well, thank you so much, man. Thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. Well, listen, man, I, I want to say uh, to, to you. Yeah. I was going to say it to you and, and, and any of your listeners, man, he, um, you would not say this, but um, I'll say it. 
KJ has not only been one of the the greatest, and for lack of a uh, no no pun intended, one of the one of my favorite collaborators. He has also been a very close yeah. and personal friend. Um, uh, as as a lot of people, most people have gone through tough times and dark periods. You were one of the few guys, and definitely one of the few artists that uh, stayed in contact with me um, throughout, and um, has been a friend and a uh, a cohort, and uh, to some degree a mentor. And um, I appreciate it, man. And you, um, and there's a reason why you've been around for so long, man. There's a reason why you've been around for. 16, 17 years as an artist, you know, there's, you know, people, people not only need to recognize that, but probably do recognize that. And I think it's great. And, um, I know you're not done yet, so I appreciate you letting me be on here and, um, hopefully there's some, some more gems and Easter eggs to come that we can make together at some point. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you, man. Talk to you soon. Later. This is dedicated to all the people with no money. No money. The broke, sing along. Yo, yo. Once again, I'm digging in the couch for change so I can get a few quarters just to get my bills paid. I live off ramen noodles and Kool Aid. The last job I had like back in third grade. Now, I ain't saying that I'm poor. I just got five bill collections camped out at my front door. A food shop behind the grocery store. My furniture is two lawn chairs and the dirt floor. What should I work for? Man, I got money. I just got hot as a human crash test dummy. <laughs> Don't you think that's funny? No. Man, dog, they're going to pay me like $100 coming next Monday. I'm hungry, right. but I don't know what to do. I'm on a corner with the sign saying, we'll freestyle for food. Am I the only one this ever happens to? I don't know. What about you? What? You too? Me oh, now. What? How many y'all is broke like me? What? Now, how many y'all ain't got no dough like me? me. No job, no car, and no money now. No money. If you do, sing along with me like... How many y'all is broke like me? Now how many y'all ain't got no dough like me? No job, no car, and no money. Yeah. If you do, sing along with me like When you broke, it's hard to be happy. Right. Walk down the street, little kids throw quarters at me. Yeah. Now even my own dog attacks me. Ah. I'm looking in the mirror yelling, will you stop staring at me? My hair's nasty, I ain't washing it in a long time. My beard's mad grizzly, you know the whole nine. I look like a caveman from back in old time.